0: Welcome back to the crown rest podcast for episode 221 really appreciate you taking the time to want to improve as a basketball official The crown rest mentor group recently had our first film review session And I thought it was appropriate to first focus on the best ways and techniques on how to really break down film So I was able to pull from our june 2020 article with al batista titled 21 questions to help you effectively break down film You know, we've compiled so much original content in the past three years Years, there are so many resources that we can revisit to shine new light on and really expand on all patrons can find this full audio video, um, session located in the mentor sessions folder on discord. Um, hope you enjoy this episode and get a lot of value out of it. Do me one last favor before you go have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. I want to toughen you guys up and we're going to get into a lot of mindset. So if this was boxing, do you have the ability to take a punch and recover? If this is a weakness of yours, let this be the moment it starts to become one of your greatest strengths. And also, too, we don't want anybody to upset us. We don't want anybody to have the ability to affect our mood. You think You think because you say a negative comment to me, I'm going to go have a bad day now? Like, wow, we really let that person into our ecosystem. Don't let anybody into your world like that. We wrote this article on June 4th, 2020, called 21 Questions to Help You Effectively Break Down Film. Called it The Guide. Did anybody have a chance to see this See this before? I haven't. You haven't, you said? No, I have not. You know, I, that's what I love about <sighs> just putting out so much content. Like there's so much that gets lost and there's so many resources that we can dip into and then repurpose, so to speak, right? Cause, it's just, uh, it's just an opportunity to add more layers and context <coughs> to this article. So here's some- now, was t- this part some... of a podcast as well? Is this tonight? Was, no, was this- <laughs> Yes, uh, it was. Okay. I think I yeah. listened to it on a way to a game or something like that. But I do remember the 21 ways. I just don't think I read the article part. Okay, yeah. You know, with some of my podcasts, you know, you could just transcribe the audio into into written form um I, I wish i had more time to create more articles on, on from the podcast because i could i can convert a lot of it but this was one i wanted to make sure i put out a video on i want to make sure i put out a podcast and then the written word so some people like to read i don't love love reading you know but some people learn better that way so i want to make sure i i have have uh content in all diff- all outlets or all pipes so to speak so, obviously, you've heard Al talk about wearing out the pause and rewind buttons. You know, we shouldn't just be watching the play and watching the game through. You know, when I when I really break down my film, it takes me, takes me hours sometimes to really, especially if it's a game where there's a lot of plays and I had a lot of plays to look at, you know, I'm not watching it one time through. I'm watching it multiple, multiple, multiple times. And, and you just got to find the balance between gaining your reps when you're watching it but not over judging yourself and um just gotta know when to move on to the next play right so like it's all about balance there but yeah you gotta wear out these pause pause and rewind buttons you could spend hours breaking down a couple plays from a single game the value is in the controls and your ability to recognize more and more patterns from each watch Right, you know, life life is about patterns, and now when we talk about it in a professional environment too, it's about recognizing the trends and the patterns, and especially if you're doing it when you're breaking down your own film, then it then it's then you're really learning. You're able to, you know, learn real effectively because you're you're gaining self awareness. Self awareness. Watching film has given me much more self awareness. Not only on the court, that's that's obvious, but it's it's given me more self awareness in life. You know, like I, I I like when my daughter watches some of her uh, her film, like on Snapchat, we record a lot of stuff on Snapchat. So she likes to just go back and watch herself. And I, and I think that's great. I think that's so cool that she can go and watch all of her memories. I wish I could do that as a kid. And I think there's something to be said about, she's gaining a little bit of self-awareness on who she is. Obviously, I don't want her on the phone all day watching, but if she is gonna watch, I kinda like that she's watching her own stuff. Does that make sense? Yes. So, you know, with with gaining hundreds and hundreds of hours of of film experience, you're going to be able to have that self-awareness. Now, the key here is you're going to have the self-awareness to be the biggest evaluator of yourself, because ultimately that's what it comes down to knowing yourself more than anybody else knows you and not allowing anybody else's opinion or evaluation of yourself to outweigh your own. Now, that's not gonna be the case for most of you right now. Okay, I'm talking down the road when you guys are polished, and then you don't need me. I'm trying to get you guys to the point where you don't, you know, you don't need not that I'm saying you need me, but like I wanna get you to the point where you don't ask anybody to watch your plays. I don't share my plays with anybody right now um, for the past probably year or two. And it's simply just because I've watched enough film to know myself, and I don't necessarily need anybody else's opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? The play is over; it already happened. Now, again, I, I've I've showed I've showed plays, but my point is, I'm I want to get you guys to the point where you have you're your biggest champion, you know, and and you're your biggest evaluator. You don't need to seek out anybody else. All right, and that's where you guys are headed. Um, always finding your clocks. So when you're watching your film, saying to yourself, all right, at this at this time in the game, was I watching the clocks? All right, we just had a change in possession. Did I process that? You know, you're looking to see if you can, um, you know, spot if you did it in the game. So that's just another thing to think of. And, and knowing the clocks is obviously huge. You guys know that. It's one of the biggest components of the game, it's something we can't mess up. So when we watch film, it's really important to see if we're watching the clocks as well. So I wrote in the article, this is a muscle memory switch that we have to train our brains to always keep on, right? Our shot clock awareness is always on. And the natural tendency is for most of us to watch the game and not watch the clock. I think that's just natural. It's a learned skill to watch the clock and build that muscle memory. So if we establish those markers, I remember Bo Bo Borosky talked about markers on the court literally spots on the court where you remind yourself to look up at the clock so all right i'm at the three i'm running back across mid court line i'm looking at the clock all right i settle in the trail position at the three-point line i'm at the clock you know drive to the lane shot goes up looking at the clock running back half court now i'm looking at the clock and 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 same thing make your own little patterns but we always need these self-talk reminders Um, how do you referee plays to the basket and at the rim is a big uh, teller of who you are as an official and how good you are. Because we have to um, establish a high pain tolerance to be able to judge incidental contact versus illegal contact. And when I'm watching film and I'm watching referees, that's one big, you know, like I said, teller on their skill set as a ref is that quite frankly, your no call ability in lead to be able to take a punch. I call it, I call it taking a punch. And if you can't take a punch, you have a soft chin. And that means you're gonna blow the whistle when you shouldn't, it's gonna stop the game. It's gonna wake people up. and ultimately, ultimately, we want to let the game flow as much as we can until something illegal happens. So have the pain tolerance to be able to take a punch, meaning take some illegal uh, incidental contact, whether it's verticality, jumping straight up, legal defender, offensive initiated contact. Don't bite on that. All right. Let the plate breathe. That's where start, develop, finish, decide. Don't forget about that fourth step. Cause that's the step that really slows you down it's not start develop finish no start develop finish okay it's finished now i can watch what exactly happened from like a, taking a step back and that's that extra breath that you've given it to let the pray play process um so that's another great thing to look for when you're watching film is making sure if you're no call ability and lead if you're um you're able to judge accurately incidental versus legal contact in all positions we officiate plays to the goal so remember to be at your best when deciding whether to put potential points on the board anybody have anything to say uh now you want me to keep keep rocking i'm good okay cool are you patient enough in lead or you're reacting okay we can skip this one I'll just read through it real quick. Don't ever, ever underestimate the ability to be a great no-caller. The majority of our decisions do not involve having a whistle, right? We make hundreds of decisions a game from simple, no, that's not out of bounds, play on, you know, to calling fouls, there's constantly decisions. So majority of them, we don't blow the whistle. So it would suit us to be super accurate when we're, when we're no-calling. Um, The development of this skill will give you a higher play call percentage in the end. And ultimately, getting your plays right, to me, is the most important thing. Are you in a dependable position or are you disconnected from the play? So obviously, positioning is a big thing we want to look at when we're uh, watching film. Making sure we're in a dependable position, making sure our movements are purposeful, making, making sure we always have an open look to improve our field of vision. So that's one thing you could be asking yourself am i in a dependable position do i have an open look am i stacked do i have players in front of me you know so these are all all questions to be asking yourself try to think uh one play ahead too to be twice as good so what that means is you're trying to put yourself in a in a dependable position to not only see the current matchup but also have a feel for the game to where the next matchup is going and then your art, your momentum and and your intuition is already taking you to that next matchup as well if possible you know so just that's just something to think about are you sideline oriented in trail or are you center or too far out on the court I see a lot of officials that in a two-person game they just and in a, a three person too they're just out on the court too much now i know in a two-person game you're gonna have to step onto the court a little bit more Um, but it shouldn't be too far onto the court. So just making sure I like, I like to have, I like to be trail and center pretty close to the sideline most of the time, you know, and and then you adjust accordingly, depending on where the ball is. We obviously want to be in the most optimized position to have the best look. So whatever you have to do to do that, that's what we got to do. You overrun plays in the trail. Or do you stay centered on the ball line? You see a lot of officials, they run past the play. So we want to stay ball line or a step behind. Um, you know, you hear Al say, do you have to read it from the top of your eyes or does, or does your vision lack a vertical jump? And that just means, do you have the quickness to get your eyes to that next play or, you know, to the rim? And sometimes those, these are bang, bang plays, whether it's a basket interference, or a block shot up high with two athletes, um, just having the having the ability to, to shift your eyes, you know, quickly, is uh, paramount. Um, checking out your rotations too. Are your rotations effective, or is your timing and awareness off? So making sure we don't over rotate. See a lot of officials when I when I break down film, they're just over rotating. They're in a rush to get over they're nervous or they're just feeling like they're missing out. You know, just be comfortable. Be comfortable and if you're comfortable, there's no need to move. You know, we obviously wanna have two um, officials on the strong side if possible, but that's just not gonna always happen and it doesn't always need to happen. Are you sequencing plays or do you struggle to recognize the order and the timeline? of our ruling. so think about sequencing plays as the timeline of our decisions. For example, when a player catches the ball, we begin by first refereeing their feet. Then we judge the legality of the defender into further action of the matchup and beyond. So let's double click down on a common example of sequencing a play involving in the screen and role. Screen line defender. So what that means is the first thing we referee is the screen. Is the screen legal, is it illegal? Does the screener set a legal screen line is this sh- is the shot attempt a two or a three so we're refereeing the line making sure it's a three point attempt or if it's a two um and defender is there a legal contact did he allow the shooter landing space um free free space to land Do you fight to get open angles or are you you getting lost in the players? You know, this is about getting stacked. So making sure when we're watching film, we're not stacked. Got to move to improve. Um, Same thing here. You know, do you walk into stacks? Are you able to just adjust to avoid them? Sometimes we just, we walk into stacks because we're just moving around or we lack a feel of where the play is going. Feel for the game, you know, Ify, I'm sure you have a real good feel for the game because you were a division two player. So it's going to transfer for you in in the referee set. You just got you just know where the point guard is going. You know what the offensive player's move is going to going to do. So you're able to anticipate. Right. We don't want to anticipate the foul, but we do want to anticipate where the play might go. So having that intuition definitely going to help you and make sure we don't walk into stacks. This is a good line right here. Do you throw strikes in your secondary or do you paint the corners? You know, as you start getting into doing more three-person, you know, the secondary primary thing, it becomes a real thing and it's hard to learn the proper coverage, um, you know, the proper coverages, right? So just making sure if you are gonna come out of your primary with a secondary whistle, just make sure it's a strike, just make sure it's a home run, make sure it's a whale, make sure it's obvious because the system is built for us to trust ourselves, uh, trust our crew. Everybody's trust, trust in the crew, then we're all in our primary. Now, granted, it's an imperfect science and we need help. That's why we have a crew out here. So there are times throughout the game where we need to come out of our secondary. It doesn't happen very often, may not happen and you know, I mean, it's gonna vary. Every game is different. Could be one time, sometime it could be six. I don't know. Probably not six, but, but um, you know, you never you just never know, right? But hopefully, we don't have six crew savers, so it's probably gonna be less than that. But just knowing it's gonna vary, and the key here, and this is where the talent lies, is knowing when to do it, knowing what the right time and the right moment, and this gets into having crew awareness to know what our partners are seeing as well. That's a skill set to acquire. And it's not something that comes natural as you get into refin, You're worried about your primary, right? It's, that's all you're worried about. Now you start to develop and, and, and grow. Okay. I have my primary and I also have an intuition on what my partners are seeing. I, I kind of know that. Yeah. My center is a little bit stacked here because there's four players over on their side. So, yes, this is my whiff whistle, even though the prox, um, primary is in prox, uh, proximity is not primary, even though you would think that was his call. It was right in his area on the chart, right on the chart, um, but just having the intuition to know when to come get it. So this is what separates officials as well. So, just understand and recognize that moment in the game when it's your time to step up. And please don't worry about who you're working with, what level um, your partners are at, whether they're above you, whether they're below you. It doesn't matter. You know, just, just you know, if you guys can kind of adapt that, and, and that's a hard thing to acquire as well, is, is working with partners that are better than you, or at least you perceive them to be better than you. I think you guys are also going to pass them one day. The partners that you think are like that you work with that were like wow they're really good i have a good feeling that you guys are going to pass them one day and you're going to look back and be like hmm yeah maybe they weren't as good mm-hmm. <laughs> it's happened to me a, a, a great deal um but that's what i want for you guys uh, what do we got so having good whistle time and if you are going to come out from your secondary uh, maybe a cadence hey. whistle would be most appropriate coming with a, a delayed whistle secondary whistle shouldn't be exactly at the same time as a primary whistle should be a little bit after maybe a different cadence too you know primary whistle might be just a single blast secondary might do just sounds a little different it's up to you i think this is a really good line too. remember this this has stuck with me my whole career sometimes the story ends early And we need an immediate whistle quick whistle got to clean that up it's a foul sometimes the story ends in the middle and we need an intermediate whistle right it was legal at first and then boom foul sometimes the story ends at the end and we need a few extra moments to process the play so add more patience to patience think about that line i want you to be patient Let's add another layer to that. I want you to add more patience to the patience I just gave you, because this game is really about slowing yourself down in all aspects. You know, being ready to respond when the game calls for it, but having that patience is going to set you guys apart. Carmela, how you doing? Welcome. Just finishing up this article here. I think we're in a, we're doing well here. You're in a good Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Um, so yeah, that, this was my next point. And this is a couple off patience. The opposite of patience in, in, in this case for me is having the urgency and showing that effort when you need to. So the ability to remain poised, damn, this is a good article, I'm sorry. The ability to remain poised throughout the pressurized moments of the game is essential to controlling ourselves so we can then control the game. Um, However, when the step-up moments occur, we must instantly flip the switch and be ready to respond accordingly. Number 16, do you recognize which defenders can hurt you the most? This is a great line here. This acts as a self-reminder in your games that you can immediately apply tomorrow when you're running down the court in lead. I know we're talking about film here, but this is also going to help you on the court, obviously. Um, You're running down in lead on a fast break which defender can hurt me the most. Then you're instantly going to look at that last defender. You're instantly going to get your eyes to the defender who you think is going to contest this play. So this is a really good, good reminder. I'm happy Al brought it up. Um, so do you recognize which defenders can hurt you the most? Don't anticipate the decision. And we said this before, but do anticipate the flow of the play where it might lead to having a gauge into which defenders will become involved in the sequence can be a helpful reminder, right? Self-talk reminders at our disposal. Got to relearn these things over and over and over. You know, and and I'm sitting here learning with you guys because I need these reminders as well. You never never get to the point where you just got everything and it's just fully stored. It needs refreshing. (laughs) Do you crack and cave under pressure? One thing I want to do with this mentor group is I really want to toughen you guys up. Not to say you're not tough because I don't necessarily know you like that yet. But I really want to toughen up officials because I think we're soft. And I don't want anybody to take offense to this. I don't want anybody to be offended at all. I want you to have the the skin to not be offended by anyone's words. You like that, Riley, right? Yeah, I like that one. If you're offended by it, you're soft right there, aren't you? Soft. I, I under, Don't take this too, too literal, but, let, but let's just take it for what it is. Nobody's words should be able to penetrate you. Now, we're human, so it does. But this is, again, a learned skill. And, I, and it's one of the things I'm, like, really proud of right now, for me, is, like, nobody can say anything that can can hurt me. And, and I'm talking about, you can curse my wife out. You can, I hope she didn't hear that. You can, you can, I'm telling you, you can, you can make fun of my mom. I, it doesn't matter. It means nothing to me. It doesn't mean anything. You know why? Because I flip that around and I become empathetic that you would say something that horrible. and like, oh, wow. I feel, I feel bad for you. Really? That's how you get down. Okay. I know I'm, I'm saying to myself, God, I got this. I got him i'm way i'm just oh, yeah. i'm just more mature I'm, I'm i'm more professional i'm i'm doing what's right this is the right this is right you know that's that's how i feel so back to my point <laughs> i want to toughen you guys up and we're going to get into a lot of mindset things um but i think that was a good little start so if this was boxing do you have the ability to take a punch and recover we talked about having a soft chin um and losing control of the moment If this is a weakness of yours, let this be the moment it starts to become one of your greatest strengths. And also too, we don't want anybody to upset us. We don't want anybody to have the ability to affect our mood. You think think because you say a negative comment to me, I'm going to go have a bad day now. Like, wow, we really let that person into our ecosystem. Don't let anybody into your world like that. Mm -mm. You know, and that's hard. That took me a long, long time to figure out. I went home many nights, whether it was from just in life and other jobs or, or reffing. Like, I can't believe that that player said that to me. Now I'm, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that player said to me, he must be in a really dark space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So hopefully you guys will learn a little bit from that. You know, your body language and demeanor are key indicators during the times of duress. So this is going to determine if you need to improve this skill. So look at your body language during the most critical moments of the game. Um, you know, that block charge play that that was in crunch time, you know, and, and your interaction with the coach after that, like those two plays back to back, how did your body language look? Did you look like you were under control? Did you look like you were calm? Were you cool or were you, you know, jumpy? Did you look, Were you using your hands too much to explain yourself? I don't know, these are all things to evaluate. So do you work every possession hard or do you take plays off? There's really, you know, honestly, I know with this group, we're not going to have this problem, but I've never been the type to walk up the court in a game. You know, I, again, we've all refed six, seven, eight games in a day. We've all refed games that are boring and that are very low level. And we've all had to walk in spots but you know, the type of walk I'm talking about, where there's absolutely no effort in all, at all. Now, again, these are AAU games I'm, I'm referencing. This is not gonna happen necessarily in a real, real game, at least on a varsity level, or definitely not a college level. So it doesn't really apply here, but it gets to the point of, why would we ever take a possession off? Like if you love reffing, there, there's no possessions off. In the mentor chat, in the mentor uh, group, there's there's no possessions off. Like this is just not what we do. Um, so I don't think that that's an issue. But if it is, you know, we got to break it down on film. The desire to become a great official in the micro means we spend each and every possession trying to get the plays right, just possession by possession, one at a time, one at a time. Get it right. Get to the next one. We should be inspired to what a. Win- want to improve with each click of the, the talk. No, <laughs> with each click of the talk, with each click of the clock, or it might be tick of the clock. I'm not sure. Um, tick sounds re- a little bit better. We got a lot of rhymes going here. Uh, the referee who occasionally takes a few possessions off becomes vulnerable to potentially losing control of the game. Taking plays off is also one of the quickest ways to stunt your growth, remain stagnant obviously do you feel like you um do you have a feel for every game you work now we're going to all be working different levels in different environments um different you know we're rough boys we're gonna rough girls big kids little kids men so gotta have a feel for every game you work can you work any game Any this is the mentality i want you guys to have and it's just like a player or a good player <clears throat> They want to play everywhere. They want to play against everybody. They want to play in any arena in the worst conditions. Excuse me. So can you play or can you work any game at any level in any place at any time? Can you work any game at any level in any place at any time? Regardless whether you're pursuing women's pro varsity, you know, men's, that's what I want you to say to yourself, any game, any level, any place, anytime, that's where we want to be you know, in developing the versatility to officiate in many different environments is going to help you shape uh, yourself to become more, a more well-rounded referee. And I love referees that are out there grinding that also have aspirations to do big things, but they, they're not losing sight of, of, of reps. And you have to get reps on the lower levels. Sorry. You have to work these AAU games. You have to work men's league games. You know, if you're going to take off seven months of the year you're not going to go where you want to go so having the humility to you know be pursuing the pro but still drop down that next like you just went to a pro tryout next day you're out there grinding again doesn't matter the level you have the humility to go and and self-awareness to know that you're out you're just working you're working out that's what it is Um, So being contextual to each game, um, to each varying game or level you work, having a feel for the game is a natural talent, but it can be improved through study and repetition. 20, when you miss a call, do you go in a box? This is big. How quickly can you recover from your mistakes? Hard, very hard, very hard. So just takes reps. It takes mindset. This is a mindset topic right here. This is a mental and emotional toughness topic, right here. Um, this is a confidence topic. This is a humility topic, knowing it's okay to, to miss and make mistakes. So, all of those keywords we got to imp- apply and think about when uh, we miss something. Okay. How fast is your mistake recovery time? Study your demeanor, the ensuing possession. So, if we miss a play on film, watch your demeanor the next play. And this is what I hate. I don't want to hate. I don't hate anything. I don't want to hate. don't want to say that. This is what I wish we could improve. Um, is, Is when we miss something. And then we purposely omit something because of what we missed. Or we purposely call something because of what we missed. And I know the feeling. It's like a natural feeling to want to even it out. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Cause then you miss two calls. You want to miss one. We just missed one. We can't miss two now. So you just got to eat it. Just kick it. It's over. Got to get to the next one. Next play. Just like players. Next play. Next play. Next play. This is again, a mental toughness thing. Next play. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're good. We're good. It's okay. We can, we can survive this. So to rapidly remove the emotion from a previous decision, whether positive or negative is a, is very key. And this is going to result in helping you develop a consistent next play mentality. So there's another key word, next play mentality. Does anybody have anything there? Okay. All right, last one, and then we'll pull up some plays. Uh, are you are you improving with each performance on film? So we're tracking our growth each time. When I uh, when I really <clears throat> invested in myself and bought a camera, this was kind of before you know YouTube was out, and I wish I would have you know hopped on that, but and it was about 13, 2013, 2014, so video cameras were still cool. You know, not cool, we're still in, you know. Um, so when I did that, I, I just got a notebook, put the title of every game, you know, the, the date, the teams, who I worked with. Um, and then I just kept, I, I, I timestamp plays, you know. Lance knows this, This is that was like the start of my IPR. That's how I, I grew into being able to have a film re- review service was just getting those reps in my, on my own pad, my own pen and pad, you know? And that's where self-awareness improved as well. Because cause you're, I mean, think about all that you're doing. You're, you're watching a game, you're stopping it, you're rewinding it, you're bringing it back. You're also writing things down. So then you can go back to that and review that as well. So it's just, that's just more opportunities to accelerate your growth. So as we break down more and more games, we should notice a spike in our precision and command. Um, be sure to extract as many takeaways from each game and immediately insert them into your games that follow. So I wanted that to go about five minutes, but it just felt like it should be longer. Probably probably can't rush something like this. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I would love to hear your feedback as I pull up uh, some of the plays. Feel free. Something that's stuck with me since camp this summer when you're saying about being patient on the plays, like start, develop, finish, then decide. Like, you know, a coach is quick to say, oh, you blew the whistle too late. Or, you know, like, or that's late, you know. Well, it's easy to, easy comeback for the coach to, is to be, you know, I didn't want to put a cheap foul on your player, you know, and, and that just kind of takes the tension from way up here, and then it brings it right back down, you know, like, and they go, okay, well, that makes sense. And then they start thinking of it in their biased terms, and you know, you move on to the next play. There's just something that stuck with me, said to me multiple times in camp this summer. So that's a good response. One thing I say when they question the timing, I say, um, "Oh, thank God, I'm not on a time limit." You know, this it's really <laughs> hard. Sometimes it takes me an extra second. You know, it takes us an extra second to, uh, and also I one time I, I, you know, I would rather be. Late and right than early and wrong. I've said that to players, and and they almost fell down. They were like, "Yo, that's crazy." <laughs> Makes perfect sense. You could say that as well. Hey, coach, you know, I'd rather be late and right than early and wrong. Over. Conversation over. It's gonna Bye. compliment you or say, "Yeah, you're right," or <laughs> it's gonna laugh or not gonna sure. say anything more offensive. You know, the bout is over. So. That's what we want to give you guys is these knockout responses so we can get back to the game. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and sorry to cut this episode short, but if you'd like to listen to this full-length episode, as well as our entire catalog of new content, including 50 new episodes of our podcast, you can find it on the Patreon app or go to patreon.com backslash refs. Have a great day.